Turn with me, please, if you would, to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1 and verse 12. I love the Holy Ghost because I never have to come up with my own sermon. I never have to come up with just doing something that I think is important. The Holy Ghost is our helper, and he's our guide, the Bible says, and he'll lead us. He'll lead us into all, all truth. And that means whatever the plan is for this service, whatever the word is for this service, he already knew before the foundation of the world that you'd be here. He knew that you'd be watching. This is not coincidence or chance that God, God planned this and orchestrated it, and he knows exactly what he wants you to hear. And out of the word of God, there are millions and millions of sermons that you can preach because the word of God is inexhaustible. But out of all of that, he specified one thing for this morning. And so I've entitled the power of the spoken word. And I want to just talk to you. I know it's going to seem in some ways basic, but I really want you to listen because God really got on my case this week, especially when Bill Winston was, was, uh, was preaching. And he, and he probably gave the best message on faith. I mean, I mean listen, Dad Hagen's sermons, I think, are, are still the, 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 uh, they're still the best. Uh, Pastor Nancy's preached some stuff on faith over the years that, I mean, it just blow your hair back. Uh, and, and they've stayed with me for, for a long time. But, but in terms of uh, in recent history, I've never heard a message on faith in my life like I heard on Wednesday night. I mean, I can't tell you how much it helped me. If you didn't watch Wednesday night, and of course, Monday morning, they had a, uh, Tuesday morning, excuse me, they had a guest speaker. I don't know who he was, but he was amazing. I don't know who he was, but he was astonishing. But anyway, other than Tuesday morning, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and ladies, all of you need, all of the ladies, now, it was mainly to ministry ladies, but really it's to, it's to all ladies. Uh, she preached a sermon she's never preached on, on Monday night, and it was to women. And you've you got to watch that if you're, if you're a female. And if you don't know if you're a female, then just, just talk to Lorraine, and we'll help you figure that out. Because some people are confused today if they're a woman or a man, but we'll help you figure that out. And, uh, but if you're a lady, you need to watch Monday night's message because Pastor Nancy is ministering to women. It was very powerful. And then, of course, on Tuesday night, she gave an amazing sermon herself on, on faith and different things, and it really blessed me. But Wednesday night, Dr. Bill Winston, he, just, he, just, he took it to a whole other level. And they see you can't, you can't, people, you can't try to imitate that. That, that, that kind of weightiness comes with experience. It comes with decades of experience. It comes with a, occupying a place in the spirit for a long time. And really it comes with ultimately knowing God in a very, very uh, intimate way, deeper way than the average Christian would, or even the average minister would know God. You can't just say those things just out of your head. That, and so the Lord really got on me because uh, I won't get into it now because we're not, it's not time to talk about it now because he told me what to share this morning. But he's been dealing with me a lot about the new building lately. And so he, he gave me some keys in that message on Wednesday night about how to get our new building. And about, and about, you know, the impossibility of it, but how we're to handle the impossibility of it. And so it really helped me. But what he got on my case about is he says, now, do you notice how well he said to me, see, if you listen, when somebody's preaching, God will talk to you. But, but, but try, you know, you know and, and unless you're, you're very strong in what is being said, you should probably just listen because he's not going to talk, talk, talk to you about your, some, some other thing in your life and have you disregard what is being shared under the anointing. Do you understand? But, but, if, but, but he'll work with what is being said. So pay attention, but keep your spirit ear open because the Holy Ghost will drop little things in you as, as somebody's ministering to you. And he'll sometimes correct you. Sometimes he'll ask you a question. Sometimes he'll drop a verse in you. That doesn't mean you to research that verse right now. That means write it down and go later this afternoon or later tonight because he wants you engaged with what he's doing. That's called unity. Do you understand? Um, very rarely, very rarely will Pastor Nancy and the Lord will fall upon me, but I know he's falling upon me. And that's an unusual thing where, where she fades into the background and he'll talk to me because I'm around her and that office is engaging. There's an impartation for me and he'll talk to me about my future. But 99.9%, I'm very engaged in what she's saying and, I, and I'm taking notes. Usually I just quit taking notes because I just get discouraged because there's too many things that I can't write them all down and I have to listen to it again. But I'm engaged. 99.9% .9 of services, I'm fully engaged. So if you hear me say, oh yeah, I, I don't know, she disappeared. I just, God was... That, that, that is not something that you should be aiming toward because you need to focus on what is being said because that's majority I'm doing the same. But as I'm listening, the Lord dealt with me and he said, Did, now do you notice how skillful he is with the word? And now listen to me. 
because I was at the table with him. I, was, I had a great honor to sit and talk with him and Pastor Nancy after the service. And so I, I commented to him, I said, sir, it impresses me how you don't just know the word, but you know the reference. And Pastor Nancy says, yeah, I'm not real good at that. I've got to work on that. <laughs> she's so sweet. She's so humble. And she's a lot better than me. But, 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 but there, I, I don't know very many people other than Jack Van Ippy, yeah. who's gone home to be with the Lord, who memorized, I think, the entire New Testament. Yeah. But other than, you know, freaks like him, you know, I mean, good holy freaks. I mean, good, good. That, that's just unusual. People have unusual abilities to study and memorize the word. But, you know, you can memorize a lot of the Bible and not have revelation into the Bible. I'm serious. I know a lot of people that have memorized chapters, but they don't know what, they don't, there's no revelation about what God's saying in those chapters. So it's not just memorizing, it's having revelation and meditating it so it's in you. But Dr. Winston has a, has, has a, he is, he's of a high level when it comes to that. And the Lord dealt with me and he said, do you notice how skillful he is with the word? And not just the word, but the references where he has, he has read it, obviously, so many times and meditated on it for so long that those scriptures are in him. That he doesn't have to look at notes. He doesn't even have to look. He knows exactly when the person's reading. He knows exactly if they're starting in the right place or the wrong place because he knows that scripture. He knows it inside out, upside down, and around the corner. And the Lord dealt with me and he said, you're not being skillful with my word the way you need to be. Now, this is very basic. Because everybody goes, yeah, I know we know the word, but you don't. Because I say the same thing. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. I'm supposed to know the word. There's two basic things, and that is prayer and the Bible. And I know we always want to go on to highfalutin stuff, but none of the highfalutin stuff you can attain if you don't have the basic foundation of prayer and the word. Because praying, that means communicating with God and talking to him, and there's lots of kinds of prayer, but that is a base of your existence. If you are not talking to God, you are going to backslide. And if you can talk to God all you want, but if you don't have the word of God living in your life, you'll get strange and squirrely and you'll start hearing voices. Yes, so uh, the, we, we, there's something about being skillful with the word. And it really hit me hard this week. The Lord said, now, you know, some of my word, but half the time you don't even know where it's found. That's called laziness. I want you to know my word so well that no matter what situation arises, you have not one, but a host of scriptures to choose from by memory to speak to that situation. Because he does, and look at what God's doing in his life. So I want you to look, please, in the book of Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 12, because I believe some of these simple scriptures are going to help you today. Can you just open up your heart? I know you come to church all the time, but can you just keep it fresh with me? And it says here, I mean, verse 11, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, thou hast seen well, for I will hasten my word to perform it. The word hasten in the Hebrew, shakad, it means I will be sleepless. I will be alert. The literal translation of the Hebrew means I will be on the lookout. I am watching. In other words, you're watching. I am watching over. I am sleepless. I am looking. I'm on the lookout. I am. Are you listening? Yes. I am looking for my word. God didn't say he's looking for a lot of things, but he is looking for his word. I'm looking for my word. And the word perform means literally to make it or to make it or to do it. I'm looking for my word that I may do what my word says. Now, are you listening? The Hebrew word also means to make. I am looking over my word to make what is required that my word says. In other words, if it doesn't exist, I have to make it. If you say, Father, you know, my God will supply all my needs. And there's literally no one around. Now, God doesn't just do this lightly. But because there's all usually people he will use. But if there's no human being around, he will supernaturally make things for you. Yes. That man in the jungle that God was going to be arrested. David said, don't borrow. Come to me. I won't charge you interest. And he didn't listen. And he was proud and he went to the bank and they borrowed money and he couldn't pay it. And they said, we're coming to arrest you and put you in prison. And it was a serious thing. In fact, over there, sometimes they'll just they'll just take your property. They'll take your children. Sometimes they'll kill you. 
I mean, there's no law in the jungle. And he was afraid. And he said, David, I've missed it. Sir, he is his spiritual father, I missed it. And David said, well, you did miss it because you disobeyed. I told you not to do that. But you decided to get over into your thinking about it and what you thought was better instead of trusting your pastor. Because I know how ruthless they are and you don't because you're ignorant. A lot of these people that can't even read, they are ignorant. You know, in the jungles, they're, they're poor. They're indigenous people that can't even read. They're illiterate. They don't understand fine print. They can't even read. And so he said, don't, he, he's trying to protect them. He's not trying to control them. So he said, well, you know, I'm not just going to give you the money, but I'm going to pray. And so he went and he prayed and fasted and he had a vision, David, that night and he saw an angel walking. Now this is very unusual, so you can't claim this. Are you listening? What I'm trying to say is if God don't have it and if there's nobody around that God can use, God will make it. He saw an angel walking through the jungle with a sack in his hand and the vision ended and the man woke up the next morning, went out into the fields and his wife was sweeping off with the little, little broom made of, you know, the, the, the grasses that they have and she was sweeping the little mini porch that they have in front of their hut, getting the leaves off and under the leaves she saw some pesos sticking out from under the leaves and she lifted up the leaves, Jenny, and there was a pile of pesos there was four million pesos, which isn't that much money for us, but for them, uh, they owed three and a half million. And there was four million under the leaves and new bills. And he hid that in the attic. She hid it in the attic. When the husband came home from the field, she said, oh my God. And, and, and they were afraid. They went to find David. And they said, oh my God, come to the house. And they said, t- you know, don't tell anybody. And they, and, and they said, he said, well, I saw an angel with a sack coming to your house. But, but, but could God do that? He said, because you humbled yourself and you repented and because I prayed and fasted, uh, God decided to do a miracle for us. But that's not something you can claim. Angels bring me money. Do you understand? What I'm saying is if there was nobody around and in his situation, there was no one around literally. There was nobody around to do that, mir- to help him, to sow into him. So God, what he couldn't do, he watched over his word to do the word or to make something. If you're standing on the word and you can't, there's nothing around you to help you, God will make something. He will supernaturally create something because he's sleepless over his word. But I want you to know something. He's not looking at your need. He's looking at his word. He's not looking at your need. Because if he was looking at need, when the five porches full of sick people, he, with the Holy Ghost, wouldn't have just gone to the one guy and said, take up your bed and walk. He would have had a healing service. There's not, he's not as moved by need as you think. He, he's moved with the feelings of your infirmities. He knows that you're feeling things and he, he feels compassion for you. But listen, just because he's moved with the feelings of your infirmities doesn't mean that he's necessarily doing anything about it. He's he concerned how you feel, but that's just because he loves you. But, but, but he's, not, he's not his hand of provision, his hand of miracle power, his hand to do and make things if something is unavailable is not moved because you have a need. He's moved because you have faith, because faith in his word is the currency of heaven. And the only thing that gives you faith is his word. And the only thing that pleases him, Hebrews eleven six, is faith. And if the word is what gives you faith, he's watching over his word. When you release faith in his word, that's what he's looking for. And boy, Jenny, it was just like I'd been saved all over again. Because this is such a basic revelation, but when God reminds you of something, and when he opens up something, it feels like you've just been born again again. It's so simple. It's like kindergarten, but it's so powerful. And he said, son, I'm not looking at your need. You've got a lot of needs. Tell your congregation they've got lots of needs. I'm not moved by that need. I feel for them. I have feelings for their, what they're struggling with, but that doesn't mean I can change it. I am not looking at their need. What I'm looking for is faith in my word because that's where faith comes from. I'm looking for my word. I'm looking. When I look at Joey, I'm looking. With everything he's got, that's not really what I'm concerned about. I'm looking for my word. Does he have my word in him and in his mouth? Is he releasing faith in my word? Because if he is, he just hit the jackpot. If he is, now I've got something to perform. If you don't have the word working in you, God's got nothing to perform. You're like a slippery pig. You've got no handles. Ever try to catch a slippery pig? As soon as you think you got that sucker, he's out. No, I'm serious. What we need is handles, something to grab a hold of. 
God is, listen, when God looks at you and he sees that word, now he's got something, now he's got something to perform in your life. He's got something to use. He's got something to say, ah, yes, Greg, I got some needs. Everybody's got needs. That's nothing new. Every human being on this planet has needs. Even the richest ones have needs. Because not every need can be bought by money. Sometimes it's brokenheartedness. Sometimes it's loneliness. Sometimes it's sickness. Sometimes it's torment in the mind. Not every need can be solved by just having a big bank account. Every human being has needs. God is not looking at the need. He's looking for his word. He's not looking to perform a need. He's looking to perform his word so that you can take care of that need. He's looking for the word. And I saw it, Jenny, like I haven't seen it in a long time. When I look at you, I'm not looking at anything else. Glory center, this... We've got so many things you're believing me for, son. What I'm looking for is my word. Do I see my word living in you? Do you believe my word? Do you have faith in my word? Because if I see my word, now I've got handles. Now I can come and do something to help you in this process and journey that you're on. I can perform my word to you. And in fact, I'm sleepless. You know, it could have just been, I'll get to it when I get to it. I'm busy. I've got billions of people. I've got a universe. I've got trillions of angels. I'll get to you when I get to you. Be patient. And if God had said that, that would be good enough for me. Because I just wait for him. But God says, no, no, you don't understand. I am sleeplessly watching. I am, in other words, anxious, but not in a fearful way. I am engaged. I am excited. I am anticipating. I'm not going to sleep because I'm looking. Can Greg, where, is my word in him? Is my word? Angels, do you see something I've missed? Is my word there? If I can just find my word and faith in my word, I can perform. I will hasten. I will be quick. I will move quickly to perform in his life what he is believing my word for. He's looking quickly to hasten. I hasten. I hasten. I hasten to perform my word. I love that scripture. Praise God. You see it there? Jeremiah 1.12. Memorize that. I'm sleepless. I'm watching over to make and do my word. If it can't, if it doesn't exist, I'll make it for you. But whatever my word, if you stand on it. (laughs) Oh my God. Joshua, I don't feel like chasing him tomorrow, Lord. God could have said, suck it up. Get some sleep. Run all night. Do what you need to do. Eat an extra meal of goat meat. Whatever. Just get those enemies when you have a chance. But Joshua says, I don't feel like breaching a new day. I got to kill him today. I want you to understand this. It's just my preference. He could have done it the next day. My preference. It wasn't even that urgent. He just preferred to do it then. Instead of letting some get away and having to chase them all around Israel. So he says, uh, so we're going to actually change the entire ecliptic of the earth. Just because I don't feel like doing it tomorrow. So at the word of the Lord, now the Holy Ghost had to come on him to do that. The word of the Lord, the gift of faith had to come on him and the gift of the working miracles had to come on him. But still the Holy Ghost has to author that, which means he did author that. Which means his request of, I don't feel like dealing with this tomorrow, pleased God. Because otherwise God wouldn't have done it. Because God had to do that. And at the word of the Lord, at the word of the Lord, because he has faith in God. He says, son, like he thinks the sun's moving, it's not. But God even overlooked that ignorance. Because he actually wasn't talking to the sun, he was talking to the earth. But God's like, angels, just ignore him. They don't understand all this stuff. You know, Galileo and these people haven't showed up yet. Poor Joshua, he still thinks the sun's moving around the earth. We just overlook that. He's actually talking to the earth. Just put your finger on the earth. And God just holds the earth. And I did a whole study on it years ago. Scientists cannot find that day. Those hours. There's a certain number of hours based on all the computer calculations that they can't find. And if you add up the time when we turned the sundial back, there's a couple times he turned the sundial back, which means the earth stood still on its ecliptic. And then the Joshua thing, when you add up all those hours, it comes to exactly the number of hours that signs today 
in the, in the scientific journal say, we cannot account for these number of hours. That's because God, because of a man who just didn't feel like doing it tomorrow. The Holy Ghost decided, I'm okay with that this time. I'm not okay with that next time, but I'm okay with that this time. And God just held that earth. And the earth stopped rotating around the sun. Are you listening to me? So that he could go and chase down his enemies and kill them. And he said, sun stand still, moon stand still. And God honored the word of a man. God honored the word of a man. God can, if God can change the ecliptic of the earth for an Old Testament believer, God can certainly pay off my home. God can certainly get me a new job. If, if a New Testament believer can just believe his word, God will look and hasten and sleeplessly watch. Don't matter what you need, it matters if my word is in you. Is, can I find my word? Can I find faith in my word? Because the word equals faith. Not just the logos, but the revealed word. The revealed word equals faith. Can I find my word? Can I find faith? If I can, I will perform it quickly for you. So my brother and sister, it's not about your need. It's about the word. Get your attention on the word, not on your need. It's not about, I need seven new clients. I need seven new clients. It's the word. What does the word say? Does the word tell you you can have those clients? Then find the verse. Stop being so lazy. Because I've realized I'm lazy. I know a lot of scripture that I can quote, but I don't know where it's found. Like this morning. Had Taylor had to look it up. I should know that. Well, I'm making a commitment to make changes in that area. Because Dr. Bill Winston spanked me. And thank God for an older dad to spank you. Because we're so fast paced. We sow this and that and digital this and digital that. But we've got to remember that it takes time and there's no shortcuts with God. You've got to read it with your eyes. You've got to speak it with your mouth. You've got to hear it with your ear and you've got to think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it. And then faith will come because revelation will come. And then you start releasing your faith in that word. Father, your word tells me and you quote him that scripture. Now I claim those clients. Now God is looking, looking, looking. Oh, I found the word. It don't matter that she needs clients. Everybody needs clients. But I found my word. Now I can do what she's asking for the clients because I found my word. He's not looking at your need. He's looking for his word. Do you know the word? Are you saying the word? Are you believing the word? Because you can say it like a mantra but not believe it. You've got to have revelation into that word. He's not looking for your beg. He's not looking for your plead. He's not looking for your need. He's looking for his word. He said, I'm looking for my word. I'm, I'm reading it to you. I will hasten my word to perform it. Now, have a look with me, please, if you would, please, at Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 8. These are simple scriptures, but every now and then, it's amazing to me because you go sometimes and you're expecting some brand new revelation, but these generals, they just keep it. Because really, there's more revelation in the basics. There's freshness in the basics. There's fresh anointings in the basics, but they're realizing it's the basics that get you through to victory, not trying to always have something ear-tickling and exciting. But this is actually very exciting because, because God's helping me realize I'm willing to do anything that you need, Craig. But, but, but you're looking at it wrong. You think I'm looking at your need. I'm looking for my word. If I can't find my word, I can't, you, I, you, you won't get your help. But, but I can stop the ecliptic of the earth. I've got lots of help for you. If I can stop the earth from rotating around the sun, don't you think I can supply whatever the little piddly wink thing that you need? But I'm not looking at what you need. I'm looking at my word. My word will take care of what you need, but I'm looking for my word. I don't have that scripture. See, I don't know where it is. But it says, I've exalted my word above even my name. I've exalted my word my word is higher than even my name. As precious as the name of Jesus is, the word of God is higher. Are you listening? Now, again, I don't know, but I know it, but I don't know it. Thou, I have hid thy, my, thy word in my heart that I would not sin against thee. The more the word is inside you, all that pornography stuff, and I'm speaking by the spirit to you, a man right now. Because some of you, I know you're struggling. You've talked with me. And I don't know if you're getting the victory in it or not. But, but I'm telling you, the more the word abides richly inside of you, it will push out. It will drive out the desire to see naked women having sex with other men. 
because that is a vile, the, listen, that sex thing is a real crazy thing. In the fireplace, it keeps you warm and cooks your food and everything's great. You let it out of the fireplace, burn your house down, kill you. You keep sex in the, in the marriage bed, it's pure and holy, undefiled, and it pleases God and pleases man. But you take sex outside that marriage bed and you've got a violent fire that will kill you and kill your future. And looking at it on the internet is a violent fire that will kill you and your future. Don't tell me I can't deal with it. You have the Holy Ghost inside of you. You are well able. The sinner can say, I can't deal with it, not you. If you just put, forget about the pornography. Don't focus on that. Focus on the word. Just fill yourself with the word. And you'll watch, without realizing it, you'll watch an amazing miracle take place. The power of the word will start to edge out and push out the desire and the filth of that vile addiction. And before you know it, uh, you won't even hardly be thinking about it anymore. And then when the devil puts that thought in there or your flesh rises up in that moment of weakness, and there'll be such a reservoir of spiritual strength, you'll just say, No! And you'll be free for the rest of your life. Don't look at how dirty the fish is. We've been fishing. Greg, I don't think you've caught anything yet, but anyway, we, we've been fishing. And when they pulled that, they were always slimy. Remember when we went on that fishing trip and with the men down in Lake Erie? Those guys do it for us. You were there with me. Remember we caught all those beautiful fish and we ate them. And, and, and you see, you know, I'm not focused on the slimy fish. I don't worry about the fish. What I'm concerned about is, does he have a knife? Because when he's got that knife, and then he presents the fillets to me, and we eat it. I don't care about how dirty you are, what addictions you have. I do care, but from that perspective, I don't care. What I care about is that you have a knife. Because the sword of the Spirit will cut things off you. It will cut things away from you. It will drink things to you and remove things from you. The power of the word is all powerful. Norville said there was a man that had homosexuality and yes, demons need to be cast out in many cases. But there was a man and he knew and they told him and the Lord said, you don't need to pray for him. You don't need to say, you don't need to cast anything out. You don't need to do nothing. Just have him sit. And for three weeks, six days a week, he was doing services for three weeks, 18 services. And the man just said, he wasn't teaching on freedom or deliverance. I don't know what he was teaching. He might have touched on that. But he was just teaching. Well, he didn't change his messages. He just taught the Bible for 18 services. On the 18th service, he fell out. Nobody touched him. The demons came out of him. He stood up and he said, for the first time in my life, I desire a woman. And he went and got married. And that homosexual thing that wants a man, that evil spirit that was perverting his hormones, left him. Because God did not make people that way. If God made people that way, then God's got a real sick sense of justice for him to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah if he made them that way. No, the word itself can push things out of you. The word itself can starve demons. The word itself can cleanse you. Bible says that we are to be cleansed by the washing. See, I know the scripture, but I don't know where it's found. Shame on me. I'm going to change that. I'm going to become a Bill Winston walking, talking word machine. Might even pay Greg a hundred bucks to come up and read my scriptures for me. Oh, he's on under 20. No, I can't use you, brother. But I am to be washed, cleansed by the washing of the word. The word, if you just get in the word, it will wash you. And the Lord, I know this is so simple, but he said, son, he said, you're so busy. And there's so many things that you're doing. Now, listen carefully now. Listen, I'm trying to help you. He said, there's so many things that you're doing. Because really, this is the busiest year of our life. Like if you knew my schedule, you, you, you would pass out. No, you really would. You have no idea what, what, is, what is I'm facing for the next four months. It's the busiest four months of my life. And the Lord said, you, he said, but have you noticed that in all of your doing, you're believing me for a lot of stuff? And I said, yeah, I'm believing you for this. And I started going down the list. I'm believing you for that. And I need you to do this. And by the way, I forgot to remind you of this, but this has to happen and this has to happen. And, and he says, now you're so busy, yet you're believing me for so much. He said, but the problem is your busyness is not equating. There's a disconnect. You believing for so much, but you're too busy for what's really important. Because if you're believing for so much, you've got to have the word so much. Because without the word, 
I, I'm looking not for all your busy schedule and all your needs. I'm looking for the word. Now, if you're believing me for so many things, but you're so busy, you're not going to get some of the things you're believing me for because it's the word I'm looking for. And I'm not seeing as much word because you're running around so much and you're so busy. So you need to slow down and cut certain things out, even if it offends people like tonight's service. I'm cutting tonight's service out because I need to just go and sit with God for a little bit. And I need to be with my children. And that's actually more important than meeting with the saints tonight. Everything in my mind fights that. Because I'm a, I'm a faithful person. If I give my word, we're going to have a service, we're going to have the service. Come hell or high water, we're having the service. But then every night on the, you're too busy, son. And don't just go and have a nap and don't just go and have time with the boys, although you can do both of the things. I just want you to sit with my word for a little bit. Because you're believing for so many things. But the busyness, if, you, if, it, if it robs you from the word, you're not going to get those things because you don't get those things because you need them. You get those things because I find my word in you. When I find my word living in you and faith in that word, I will move heaven and earth to give you those things. But you are lessening your word intake, but increasing your believing for the things you need. So there's more of what you need, but there's not enough of the word and it does not work. So slow down and get more words so that I can give you what you need. Are you with me? Because he hastens his word to perform it. Where did I tell you? Isaiah 55. You still with me? Isaiah 55, 11, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. Your ways my ways, says the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth. <laughs> so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts, your thoughts. In other words, I think better. I think different. I think higher. For as in I watch now. Oh my God. For as the rain comes down from the snow from heaven. He's talking about simple stuff you learn in grade six geography. I'm not geography. Science. Grade six. Condensation. The earth's crust heats. It goes up in condensation. Forms clouds. You don't want to fly through clouds in a plane. I've learned that. Unless you want to have a heart attack. And then... It forms clouds and they get heavy enough and then they rise and then they have to give way to that water and then it rains and it waters the earth and then the earth's core, the crust because of solar radiation heats the earth and it causes that condensation and it goes back up and it's an eternal cycle. As long as the earth is, there's going to be seed time and harvest. With seed time and harvest, there has to be this rain and condensation and all this stuff. Do you understand? So he says, as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, now he's using the rain as an example of his word and returns not before it waters the earth. What was the rain's purpose? To water the earth. What did the rain do? It watered the earth. What did, the, did it return? Yes, by the solar radiation and by condensation, it returned back into the atmosphere. Are you understanding? As the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return before it waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It will not return empty, but it will accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing that I sent it. The rain comes, does its job, returns. He's saying, when my word comes down, yes. it is not to return empty, yes. which means it's possible for his word to come into your heart and return empty. Why? There's two aspects here. First of all, you have to return it. How do you return words? With words. But you can't return it empty. So it could be returned, but not, but not full. So you could be doing your, your little confession mantra and returning it, but it's empty. It's void. But he's saying, if you really return it and believe it, if my word is real, if there's rhema, not just logos, I can quote God the logos, it don't mean nothing. That's the written word. But when the word becomes revealed and it's alive in me and I return that revealed word to God, when I return the rhema word to God, it cannot go back up empty. It has to accomplish what he sent it for. When he sent the word and he said, my God will supply all your needs. That's purpose is to get you a job, get you the clients and make sure there's more than enough money in your bank account. That's its purpose. Yes. 
It's not supposed to go back to him without fulfilling that purpose, which means that word has the power to create money and wealth. But it's not supposed to be returned without it creating the money and the wealth. But a lot of people are returning it empty or they're not returning it at all. And the word was sent to do something, but it can't because it's not in them. But if I get that word in me, remember he's looking for his word. He's not looking for your needs. He's looking for his word. If that word comes in me and it's revealed to me and I believe it. Now he's looking and he finds it. What does it mean when he says he finds it? When I'm returning it to him in full version and I'm saying, Father, your word says, I believe your word. I've got revelation into your word. I'm holding you to your word. Father, your word says, now I've returned it. Now when he's looking, can I find the word? Ah, I see, yeah, I can see, I can find my word because Greg's saying it. Now he sees it, now he can perform it. When I return that word to him that way, it is impossible for that word to go back to his ears without it doing what it originally came to do. So if it came to financially bless me and I return it, it cannot go to him without it causing financial aid to come to me. Which is why I'm trying to say, if you just hold on to this, ride this horse, ride this horse. Father, you said you're looking for your word. Look no further. Uh, You found somebody with it. Now your word says, and I have revelation into it, and I have faith in it. I believe it, and I return it to you now. You said you'd quickly perform it. I'm telling you, Father, this is what I need. That's not really that important. What matters is that I've got your word on it. I've got revelation into your word, and I'm returning it. Now your word was sent to accomplish this for me. Now I'm returning it to you because you said you're going to perform You're going to perform when you find it. Now you're going to cause what it was sent to do. You're going to perform that for me. So I return your word about finances and I thank you. It cannot go back to you and not fulfill. You will watch over and perform it. So now that I've done it, perform it for me, sir. I don't give a rip how. I don't care how long it takes, but you will perform it for me. And that God loves that kind of bold faith. And then he, he's looking throughout the whole earth, looking to find hearts that are perfect, that are honest hearted before him, that he might show himself strong. Strong. See, I know the scripture, but I don't know the reference. He's looking. You know, perfect means that chair is perfect. Not because there's anything wrong or right. It's fulfilled its purpose. The word perfect in the Hebrew doesn't mean you have to be perfect, like sinless, like you've never made a mistake. It means you are fulfilling your purpose. I am fulfilling my purpose, although I make a lot of mistakes. You know, that chair can have gum on it. That chair can have a Sharpie marker on it. That chair can be maligned a little bit, but it's still perfect because it's fulfilling its purpose. I might have some things wrong with me. You have some things wrong with you. But if you are fulfilling the grander designed purpose for your life, God says, I'm looking to and fro throughout the whole earth to find somebody fulfilling their purpose. And, 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 and if they'll just trust me, if they'll just return my word, I'll hasten to perform it. I will show myself strong. On, I'll look over Dad Hagen said a million people to find the one person with faith. He really will. Don't let these sermons become so old hat to you. The problem is people hear so many sermons. Sometimes they just blend. Do you understand? And, and what happens is we come and sit on the front and, or wherever we're sitting and we're just like logs and we're taking it in. But I'm, but I'm wondering, do we actually live it? Because if we're not living it, we're not seeing the results of it. I'm not really that impressed. And then we're just religion. Like everybody else. They make grand cathedrals and they have lots of people doing their penance. But there's no power. There's no change. They don't see miracles. They don't see God change things for them. I'm trying to explain to you and remind you as simple as it is, but it's revelation knowledge if you'll open up your teachable hearts. It's not about what you need. It's not about the lump that you have. It's not about the financial pressure that you're under. It's not about the marriage pressure that you're under. It's put aside all of that in its own box. 
And look at the box here, because that box will be taken care of if you focus on this box. It's what do you have of the word revealed and faith in your heart? And are you returning it full to God? Are you telling him what you believe because you really believe it? Because if you do, if you return it, it has to do. It has to. It's impossible. It has to. Just like the law, the law of the rain and the condensation, it's a law. It has to work. It's a law. This thing is a spiritual law. It has to work. He will watch and hasten to do it. It has to work if you'll return it to him and believe it. That means we've just solved any sickness you'll ever face for the rest of your life. Yes, I can minister to you, but you can minister to yourself. Anything you face financially, this one thing solves it. Just get the word, get the word, get the word inside you and then return it full and he will watch and find it and he will perform. Remember that story, Kenneth Hagin? He's in a coma. The word of the Lord came to him. He's 39 years old. He's dying. Family's full. Please God, pray, pray, pray. I've noticed when people get into emergency, they lose all spirituality. You really know you're a spiritual person if you're in an emergency and you stay spiritual. And you can hear from God because most people just fall apart. I understand that's human nature. But anyway, the Lord said to him, no, no, I can't heal him. God can do anything, but he can't do certain things, not from the perspective he has no power, but from the perspective of that he will not violate his own word. Do you understand? And God said to Dad Hagen, by a word of knowledge, because he didn't know. Then it was proven out later. Certain laws have been set in motion in the realm of the spirit that cannot be overturned or changed at this time. Dismiss his spirit and send him on home. So they dismissed him in the coma and he died. But his brother then told, and actually uh, Pastor Jay knew the brother. And he was telling me some stories this week about more about that story. And the brother said, told Dad Hagen afterward, I don't know what it was with my brother, the one who died, but he said all his life, he always said, I'll never, I'll never reach 40. I, I don't know, I just feel it in my heart. I'm going to die before I'm 40. I'm going to die. Before. And he was 39 years old. And he opened that door by his words. That's what the laws were put in motion by his words. And now he's in a coma. Now if he could have gotten a Dad Hagen said, if I can get him out of a coma, and get him, are you listening? And get him to change what he said. Listen, if there's enough time, because certain diseases will kill you quickly. If we can keep him with medical aid enough time, we can undo some of what he said with new words. But if there's not enough time, even by making a quick little confession, it won't, that too much damage has been done, he'll die anyway. And listen, God won't heal a lot of people because of what they've said. Because God can't violate your, your, you've put certain laws in motion by your words. So be very careful what you say over your body. Be very careful what you say over your mind. Don't say things like, oh, I'm losing my mind. Don't say things like that. You say, well, I don't mean it. I don't care whether you mean it or not. When words are spoken, they carry a measure of weight. Granted, not as much weight if you're joking. But if you joke all the time, there is still a measure of weight being spoken into that realm. Now, Pastor Jay told me that he knew the brother of that man and and that man's brother said something else, which I found interesting that I never heard from Dad Hagen. And he said, when we were playing, he said, when we were small, nine, 10 years old, he said, sometimes we'd just be playing, doing whatever. And it's like, he'd just stop out of the blue. He'd just stop and say, I'm not going to make 40. And then he'd go right back to playing. And the brother said, I could tell the way he spoke now, he didn't know it at the time, but he said, when I look back, I could tell because he had a different, uh, something was different about him. It's like when he would say that he was different and then he'd go back to normalcy. And he said, there was an evil spirit that was speaking to his mind. Say these words, say these words. You won't live till you're 40. It's not just people saying stupid things on off the cuff. He said it repeatedly for years, but there was a spirit that was inspiring him to say that. And at 39, with no apparent health, he just fell into a coma and he died. And Dad Hagen said, I can't reverse it. 
because laws have been set in motion. There are, listen, just like there's natural laws of gravity, there are spiritual laws. If you will speak the word in faith, there's a law in motion like condensation and rain. It has to work. He has to perform it. It will come to pass. Might take time, but it's guaranteed. But if you put other laws into motion by saying, I'm going to lose my mind. Oh, I, ha- I hate this. I- Be careful what you say you hate all the time. Be careful what you say you love all the time. Be careful what you say over your mind, especially your mind. Because you need your mind sharp when you're old. Say things like, I'll never, you know, the Bible says that one of the curses of the law is they'll be crazed in, in their wits. Meaning that's, that's what modern science calls schizophrenia, bipolar. Be careful you don't ever say, oh, I'm so tormented. Oh, I, I'm going to lose my mind. Oh, I, my memory's so bad. I'm not trying to be your confession, please. But what I'm saying is words have a tendency of becoming fact. The longer you say them, the longer you say them. I used to say, oh, I can't remember this. I can't remember that. And, and, I, and I found myself not remembering this and not remembering that. And the Lord started dealing with me and said, no, no, I just want you to change that, son. I want you to change that. And I want you to stop saying, I can't remember. I said, well, then what do I say? He said, well, just don't say anything. But if you have to say something, just say, thank God, uh, my memory's getting better. My memory's getting better. My memory is getting better. I have the memory of an elephant, not the body of one, but the memory of one. That's what I've been confessing. Praise God. Hallelujah. I got a good memory. Careful what you say. I know this is basic, Jenny, but sometimes it shocks me what I hear people say. And I'm like, oh my goodness, we got we to say this again. It's basic, but we got to say it again. Be careful what you say. Be careful how you talk over your children. You're good, you're good for nothing. No. You're never going to amount to nothing because you're frustrated. Be careful what you say when you're angry. I don't have the reference, <laughs> but, but you remember Moses, God told him, now you strike that rock, water come out. Represented Jesus dying and life coming out of him. Then he said, now the second time, I don't want you to strike, I don't want you to speak to it and water will come out. But because he was frustrated with the people and he called them a bunch of rebels and he was angry with them, he hit it a second time instead of speaking to it. What was God trying to say? Jesus will bring you into the life-giving salvation. Are you listening? That's the salvation experience. But with Jesus in you, if you will speak to things, life will keep coming to you answers, miracles, whatever you need, the provision, they needed water, that was their provision. It will come to you with your words. So some people say, rightfully so, God was angry because the striking a second time represented killing Jesus twice. And that offended God. But it was more than just that. It was the fact that he had rejected the principle and the lesson of the power of words. Because God was trying to say, when you come into this new, this new place, this new land, I want to teach you the power of your words. I want you to understand. Why? Because he's getting us ready for the New Testament. And it's a symbol and a shadow and a type of us today. You don't have to do things by your effort you don't have to do things by your now you still have to work and you still have to have a normal work ethic but it's not about a ah this burdensome ah uh. it's speak because the life is in you jesus was beaten so life would come in you the water's in you now you're going to need more provision speak to that rock it looks impossible water can't come out of rocks But you are told to speak even when it looks impossible. Because if you will speak, he's looking for his word. When he sees the word believed, when he sees the word spoken, when he sees the word returned to him, he will hasten to cause water to come out of the rock for you. I'm encouraged. Because it reminds me, I don't care what I face. It does not matter how impossible it looks. It does not matter how impossible it looks. It does not matter how impossible it looks because God is not looking for that thing. He's looking for his word and I can control that. I can't control this thing, but I can control my ability to understand and speak his word. I can get in that word by the decision of my will. He can reveal it because he's so good and kind and he'll always reveal it if you'll seek him. It will become real and I'll begin to speak it and return it full. And he will watch and hasten to do it. And no matter what I face, I've got the answer because I've got his word. So please, brothers and sisters, fall in love with this book again. 
Open it, study it, memorize, get references, know it inside and out, but not from a legalistic memorizing way, but from a, a spirit of God, uh, the meditation so that he's in you, he's helping you. Pray. Look how many scriptures I've quoted this morning. About 15. I just don't know their references. You know what that's called? That's called being sloppy. I don't want to be sloppy anymore. I looked at that Titan and I said, that man's not sloppy. Praise God. Quickly now. 1203, sweet Jesus, help us. Very quickly now, Joshua chapter 1, you know it, but I'm just going to give it to you for those taking notes. It's important. This book of the law will not depart out of your mouth. That means you can't just think it. You've got to say it. And you will meditate there and day night. That means you've got to think it. You can't just say it. Do you hear what I just said? I said you can't just think it. You've got to say it. But you can't just say it. You've got to think it. Okay, you listening? Day and night, that means all the time. That you may do according to all that is written. That means if it's not departing out of your mouth and you're thinking of it, and you interpret scripture, but there's another verse that says, do not let it depart from your eyes. So what does that mean? That means you are taking the word and you are looking at it. Don't let it depart from your eyes. You are reading it because it also says, don't let it depart from your ears. In Deuteronomy, it says that. So I'm looking at it, I'm saying it, I'm hearing it, and I'm thinking about it, thinking about what I read and say and hear. I don't mind these things that read it for you. And I do that myself when I'm driving because I can't read. Don't read when you're driving. No, don't do that. Just place Max McLean. He's got the best voice on the planet. And just let him read it to you. And the Lord said, and the Lord God said. I mean, it makes me excited just hearing his voice. That's great, but that's not sufficient in my regular study. I have to let my eyes see when I'm listening to Max McLean, I'm not looking at it and I'm not saying it. But I am hearing it and I am thinking about it, but that's two of the four. I need to see it. I need to say it. I need to hear it. I need to meditate on it. And I need to do it all the cotton picking time. Whether you pick it or not, you need to do it all the cotton picking time. Because it's the only thing, then you'll make your way prosperous. Everybody wants the prosperity seminar. God gave it to you in Joshua 1.8. You'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. But you notice you have to do it at all cotton picking day. That means less time on Facebook. That means less time watching the TV. That means less, it does. If you really want to prosper, you've got to cut things out of your life that really are not prosperity thrusters. Because this will make it work for you. Then God will give you an idea. Then he'll speak to you. Because he's seeing his word working. Then the Holy Ghost works with the word. It's word and spirit. Then the Holy Ghost speaks to Rob. Do this. Now he steps out to do it because he's got the word and he's got faith and God's performing the word. Now he's got the leading of the spirit and the word and it's a dynamic duo. It's amazing. Last scripture, because I can see you're, you're growing weary. Oh, I did have that reference about, about Moses. Numbers 20, verse 7. I didn't realize I'd wrote it down. Last one, 1 John 2.20, and we'll close. 1 John 2.20. Some people say, well, what do I say? Well, there's so many scriptures. I don't know which one to pick. Well, the more you know it, the less trouble you'll have picking because there'll be lots of variety to choose from. But there's something that you need to be aware of that the Holy Ghost will help you know what to say. First John 2.20, but you have an unction from the Holy One. <laughs> the word in the Greek means a smearing, a smearing of the anointing. He smeared you. There's an unction. And that word said, there's a knowing of the Holy One, and you know all things. That doesn't mean you don't come to learn in church. That's not what it's talking about. What it means is you come to learn doctrine and and life lessons here at church. But when you're there and you're in life and you've got the Word in you, remember God's looking for that Word to perform. But now you've also got to return that Word and speak. And sometimes there's certain scriptures that the Holy Ghost may want you to say more than others. 
And so there'll be something that just kind of comes up in your heart and a scripture will come up in your heart. When that happens and it's not kind of out of your mind, you know it didn't kind of come out of your mind, but it just kind of rolls up within you. Sometimes I wake up and there's a scripture just rolling. I know while I was sleeping, the Holy Ghost downloaded. And so then I, I'm not stupid. I connect dots. That's the scripture I meditate on that day. You know, sometimes I don't even open my Bible once. I know that shocks people, but you know why? Because the Holy Ghost already spoke the scripture as soon as I opened up and I memorized it. Now I can open it. I can read it. Like I said, it's important. Your eyes see, your ear hear it. But if I already know that scripture, I don't have to search for it. Now, most days I have to search for it, but many times I'll have an unction. I'll just know, oh, there'll be a song and there'll be a scripture in the song. And I'll just sing that song and then I'll open my Bible and find that scripture that it's in the song. And I'll just, and I got my scripture for the day and I'm meditating on it. I'm meditating on it. There is an unction that you'll have. You need the word, but the unction or the knowing of the inner witness will even show you. He's so kind. He's made it foolproof. He will show you what scripture to study, to get revelation in and to speak back so he can watch and perform it. It's all, it starts with him. It goes through you and it ends in him. He gets all the credit and we get none. There is an unction. Don't ever tell, I don't know, you have an unction, don't you? Well, I don't know, pray in the Holy Ghost. You should know enough of the word where you can just pick one on your own, but if you're not sure, pray in the Holy Ghost. And I'll end with the story. I thought this was wonderful. Most people don't look at the word this way. The Copeland was there, the plane, they, they couldn't get in the plane because there was a problem with the lock of the door. The lock had shifted, something had broken, and they couldn't act, they couldn't get in. You can't fly the plane if you can't get in it, right? And so, you know, that's actually a bigger problem than it seems because if you can't get, those are sealed doors, they're like smooth, right? For wind resistance. If you can't get that door to open, that means they have to break the, flus, the fuselage, the, the, the fuselage to get in there. And that can cause tens of thousands of dollars of repair to an aircraft. So that is not a small problem to say the lock broke and we can't access the aircraft. That is a major problem because that can cost huge amounts of money to replace that whole door, which is part of the fuselage. But so he's there and they're trying and they're doing everything they're getting. They're trying to jimmy it with screwdrivers. They're trying to do this. And he's thinking, Lord, I'm going to scratch the plane. They're going to ruin the plane. And he says, no, listen now, I'm trying to help you. Father, you have something in your word for this. See, if he hadn't gone to that, God couldn't have talked to him. But he recognized that the word was what he needed, not the problem. I have an unction. I know all things. That means I need to know right now, what is your word for this situation? Now remember, God can give you a word that's a spoken, not, not a scripture that you can find in the Bible, but a, 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 a word, give, like a word from God, like a prophetic word, which lines up with the Bible, which also is spoken by him to you, and that can produce faith. But it always has to be based on the Bible. That's oftentimes God will just give you a word. It's not a scripture reference, but it's based on scripture, and he'll say something to you that will produce faith in you because it came from him. But in this case, he gave him that, but it wasn't just a prophetic word. He actually gave him a scripture as a prophetic word, which is unusual, but it's powerful. And the word, see, he has an unction. The word rose up within him. And all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to his purpose. Now, I know it's in Romans 8, so don't give me too much of a hard time. I just don't remember the exact reference, but it's somewhere in Romans 8. Okay? All things work together for good. But you see now the unction. See, that's a scripture. That's more than a prophetic word. That's an actual scripture verse. But now the Holy Ghost specified and said, Son, it says all things. All things. Is the lock a thing? He said, I never saw it that way. Yes, the lock is a thing. It's a noun, person, place, or thing. The lock is a thing. He said, speak to that lock. And he said, I say to you. He said, he's in his car. He's on a road. I say to you in Jesus' name. Lock, you're a thing. And I command you to work good. Because I love God and that's the word. And I speak the word in faith and I believe the word. Now what's God? He's looking not for the lock. He's looking for the word. Now that he's returned the word in faith, now he can hasten to perform it. And the angel put his finger in there and moved that thing. And they heard the thing go, click it. Whoop, and it opened. 
multiple mechanics working on it for hours. And he's sitting in the car. The angel could have fixed it the whole time. But we're messing around with our screwdrivers. We're messing around with our natural understanding. We're wa wasting time and mechanics time. I'm not saying don't do the natural. We got to do the natural. But, but once you've exhausted that, the angel's just sitting there the whole time. <laughs> just, just say it. Now God can hasten the word. And what does he use many times? Angels. And then you just go, boop, and the door pops open. He had an unction to know what to say. He had an unction to know the words specifically for that situation. When his granddaughter, you remember the story, was dying in the hospital. Normally, we pray a certain way, but there was an unction. He, God showed him what to say. And he said, now anointing that is inside you, rise up within you and push out that disease. And that anointing started rising up in that granddaughter and literally pushed the disease out and she opened her eyes healed. Normally we are imparting, transmitting healing power in, but there is healing power in your spirit if you're a believer and it can rise up and push diseases out. See, that was an unction of the Holy One and he knew what to say and what scripture to use in that situation. And what was God doing? Looking for his word. He wasn't looking for the granddaughter. The granddaughter's got problems. Everybody's got problems. Get over it. God's looking for his word. If he can find his word, he can go and fix that problem. So will you get into his word with me? Amen. Will you fall in love with that book? Amen. Will you dust it off and fall and don't just read it when you need it, but read it all the time and love it again, Jenny? Yes. And start, you know all these scriptures. You know what, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to try to memorize new stuff. I've got so many that I already know. I just don't know where they're found. Yeah. So I'm just going to start writing them out. My God, just about, I think that's Philippians 4.19. I think that's right. But, 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 but I, I, but I want to know because I, it's not just about knowing. I want to be skillful. I want to show God that his word means so much to me. I have the decency of finding out where it's found. Amen. Somebody really wants to find this church. And the first time you have to tell them it's at 140 Capitol Court. You don't just say it's promise of life somewhere in Mississauga. Because they'll never make it here. If they're, if they're committed, they're going to find out where the address is. I want to know what the address is for my word that I'm standing on God. Because God's looking, do I show honor for that word? And is that word living and breathing in me? And am I turning to the word and not turning to emergencies? Am I turning to the word and not turning as much to doctors? I'm not against doctors, but get used to turning to the word first. Am I turning to the word instead of turning to fear? Am I turning to the word instead of turning to the counseling session? Pastor Nancy said, Pastor Craig, Pastor John Osteen, the great John Osteen, he said all the time, I give three free counseling sessions a week to everybody in my church. Oh, then, oh good. what, secretary? Oh, what wins my slot? The three free sessions is Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. There are free counseling available to everybody in this church three times a week, but I will meet nobody in my office because you've got the free counseling right here. And between me and the counselor, capital C, you got all the help you could ever ask for. Now, I'm not saying he didn't counsel people, but he was a very adamant opposer to counseling sessions because it's not found in the Bible. We're giving you free counseling three times a week. Listen to the preacher, but listen to the counselor whispering to your heart while I'm preaching and while you're at home. When you've got a problem, I'll help you if you really need it. But when, when you've got a problem, pray in the Holy Ghost until he shows you the word to stand on. Because he's not looking for your need. He's looking for his word. Hallelujah. Some of you mama, mamas and daddies that have teenage boys and girls. I just saw in the spirit. Uh, I won't say who, but I saw a mother in the church and I saw her son. I won't say who. But I heard the Holy Ghost say that son's going through some problems. But tell the mother to stop talking to me about the problems and start talking to me about my word. Stop talking about the problems. Start talking to him about his word. Find scriptures on your children. And there's a lot of them. Find them. Hold them up before him. It is not possible for me to believe this and speak it to you without it fulfilling what it came to do. You have to hasten to perform it for me. And I'm telling you, I'm believing this about that boy. And now God's power can go. It may not happen on your timetable, but I promise you it will come to pass. Because it's not possible 
It has to, it's a law of the spirit. It has to work. Hallelujah. Hope it helped you a little bit today. Father, I thank you and I praise you for the power of the spoken word that you have spoken it to us and that we are to speak it back to you because you're looking for that word, not our need. And you're hastening to perform that word to fix our need. But we have an unction of the Holy Ghost to know what we need to say and not say. Lord, we have an unction to know when our confession is wrong. You'll prick us. You'll prick us in our hearts. Don't say that. We have an unction to know what to say that we'll know the scripture or we'll know the phrase that we need to say. Sometimes as a single phrase in a certain situation to get us out of a problem, other times as a daily confession. But the unction of the Holy One will teach us what to say and will teach us what not to say. Because many of us need to have need to be tweaked with what we're saying because even though we're joking half the time, our words in the realm of the Spirit carry weight. And we must guard our mouths in Jesus' name. But the Holy Ghost will help us. He'll be our confession, please. We don't need our brothers and sisters to lecture us. We've got the Holy Ghost who will be our confession, please. So help us, Holy Spirit, to know what to say. Tell the people what not to say. When they're saying things that are wrong, that grieve you, that are putting wrong laws into motion. Quicken them, grieve them. Lord, Holy Ghost, give them a red light. Give them a check on the inside that they would be arrested and they would know, oh, 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 that hurt the Lord. I shouldn't say that. And Lord, let us not ignore those grievings and those unctions. Let us yield to them that our mouth would be cleaned up and that our words would please you because you are looking, heaven and earth, looking for a, a person fulfilling their purpose, looking for someone that will speak your word, that you will hasten quickly to perform it for us. It's not about our needs. It's about your word. Your word will fix our needs. I give you praise for it, Father. I bless this congregation. Father, let them feel so loved today. Let every dad in this room and watching by way of live stream, put your arms around them. Let them feel so loved Lord, we so appreciate fathers and the important role that they play in the family structure and in society structure and the role that they have in this local church. I bless every father that is here on this Father's Day. And Father God, our Heavenly Father, we bless you and we love you and we thank you for being our ultimate father. And we honor you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.